Welcome to the Experts Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of what it really means to be in the media. Featuring interviews with media stable experts and some of Australia's prominent media. We'll break down some of the myths, the fears, the skills and the knowledge needed to succeed in the media. The Experts Podcast is for the business owner, communicator, PR professional, leader of industry or anyone looking to develop their profile to be a recognised expert. The Experts Podcast is powered by Media Stable. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of The Experts Podcast. My name is Nick Hayes and Carmen Braidwood will be joining us very shortly. She is coming from another beat, uh, but probably the most important thing that we've got here to talk to, I'm going to talk to a Channel 7 journalist, a journalist that uh, has been a big part of not only the Meet the Media program, but she is a journalist across Channel 7 News Melbourne. She works the Weekend Sunrise program, and she's that she's that woman that you will know and you will see, and if you get some visuals here, you'll know who we're talking about. Christy Mayer, welcome to the Experts Podcast. Oh, thanks for having me, Nick. Absolute pleasure to be here. I wouldn't be anywhere else today. Oh, you are a legend. And look, the question, I, 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 want, I want to ask you straight out from the back, right up from the front. Um, you've been part of Meet the Media, Media Stables Meet the Media program for the last seven to I think close to eight years. I think we, we did our first one in uh, 2015. We did, We were yes. on the first one. You've been at every single one. I, think I the didn't realise that was the first one. That was the first one, and we found you, and we, we've been having you there every year. Do you do you know why you keep coming back every year? I have no idea, and I keep waiting for it to be the year where you're like, you know, sorry, Christy, uh, we've sold your seat to someone else. But uh, I absolutely love coming back. So, look, I'd love to know why you keep having me back because I have an absolute ball every time I do it. It's an absolute pleasure for me. Best on ground five times in a row. You were best <laughs> on ground five times in a row. <laughs> The, That's the a very kind audience. The, well, the feedback we get from experts is that uh, you give back so much great intel, some information, you help and support them, and also to the realisation that media is just not, it's just not an easy gig. There's just so many different uh, pieces you have to put in place to make everything come together. And I think that's partly the thing is that when we are putting a story together, we kind of got to realise it from a media perspective how it all has to come together, and you do that so beautifully. Oh, look, absolutely, and I understand really from the you know from the other side, it's really hard to imagine what's going on inside newsrooms. It's they're such you know unfamiliar places to most people, and to try and you know articulate that, I think a lot of people are quite fascinated by what goes on and how we do what we do. So you know, I think it's really interesting getting together with people and. Um, and hearing the stories that they have as well, obviously, I've got some met some incredible people through Meet the Media, uh, some really clever people working on really interesting things and uh, people with fascinating stories to tell. So always a, a really interesting day. Now, as a Channel 7 journalist, you're, you're bringing stories both to the 6pm news and on weekends. Um, what what days are you working? How does you, What does your day look like? It has changed a little bit over the years. At the moment, uh, I am still sort of getting back into it after having uh, three kids in a fairly short space of time. I'm doing news on a Friday and weekend sunrise most weekends, Saturdays and Sundays. So that's a sort of a 4.30 alarm and three live crosses. And then occasionally during the week, I might shoot a colour story for them as well that will run as a package through the show. 
so it's a little bit different at the moment, but I get to dabble in across both shows, which is really nice because obviously news angle is a bit harder. Whereas Weekend Sunrise, we can definitely have a bit more of a play. Sometimes it's hard news. Sometimes it's, you know, something really nice and light and fun. One of the great stories I, I love telling people is that I just moved to Adelaide in January and uh, I got my TVs out the back. I, when you have to sort of retune them to be in a different state, the very first picture that I saw was yourself. Uh, I think you were doing a live cross for uh, Weekend Sunrise. It was a Saturday morning and I was like going, I, I just grabbed my phone and took a photo and went, oh, there's a friend of mine. I've already I've arrived <laughs> in Adelaide and there's a friend. Oh, look, that's what we aim to be. We're, we know we're in everyone's living room, so we do aim to be, you know, a sort of a friendly face in the morning that you can sit down and have a coffee with. Is the, is the news cycle changing over your time? And and I, and I want to get two perspectives. One, um, when you were a journalist without children, as a, not a parent, the, and then to now, as, as far as the, the development, the technology that's moved on and probably a different perspective that you put on to everything, how much has media changed over the time that uh, you've been involved? Oh, it's changed a lot, Nick. I've been sort of as you know, working as a journalist for over a decade now and we've had to move with technology and it has mean that our day has become much, much busier and much faster uh, we've always had the deadlines there, but I think that sort of the move towards a 24-hour news cycle, which is really where we're headed, means that we have a lot more deadlines through the day. You know, you might be doing sunrise in the morning and then you might need to cross into the morning show and then there's morning news, there's afternoon news, there's six o'clock news, and then we have the late news as well. So, you know, your day really can be epic uh, if it's you're working on a really big story. The news, though, and as a parent... As someone, because I've seen your transformation, I believe even from the first Meet the Media that you did, you, um, you, 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 I think it was either your second or third time you were on maternity leave and, and attended. Does it change the way that you see a story as a as a mother, as a as a parent, um, the stories that you tackle today? Oh, do you know what? I mean, I've always been a soft touch anyway, Nick, I think. So uh, I'm the one that sort of cries at press conferences if it's something, you know, really, really tragic and horrible. Um, but look, definitely anything to do with parenting, uh, anything to do with children, obviously, you know, really affects you when you are a parent. You can't help but project and think of your own kids and, and you know, just want a better a world for your kids as well. Uh, so that definitely comes into it, and I guess you sort of you, you look you do look at stories a little bit differently. You have to becoming a parent changes you, changes you for sure. Absolutely. Look, and Carmen Braidwood's here now with us, and uh, and Carmen, <laughs> you know, you're not shy on the fact that uh, running into to, to TV and doing a TV broadcast. Um, you know, these these the way that we deal with media today, the way that we look at stories. I, I'm I'm amazed the sort of the difference that. Um, over the time that we've seen, over the last decade, the last 20 years, the way that stories are treated, the way that we work with them, because I think that they are, they are now, um, it's more what, what are the pictures, what can we work with, how is this fitting in again with our audience, and is it news that we really want or is it news that we really need? Carms, uh, what's your view mm. on that? Because I think, you know, you, you're still part of the, the media and television cycle. What, what what views do you see when you see today the the mm. difference in the way media was done 10, 15 years ago? Well, I think the key thing is that the actuality is different. By that I mean the content. It, you know, you'll have a, a speaker, you'll have a person you can get some 
grabs from, you know, their their feedback, or you might have footage that's come from a person on the street who could be carrying the new television camera in their pocket. You know, this mobile phone that we're all walking around with provides just us with so much different footage that can become actuality on the news service. And so there are decisions being made every single day in newsrooms about whether or not we use that stuff. And just because we talked about this, I'm pretty sure at Meet the Media, just because it's okay for it to roll out on social media doesn't mean it's necessarily suitable Mm. for a six o'clock bulletin. And I definitely remember speaking to news directors of those six o'clock six o'clock bulletins and discussing that the audience doesn't necessarily want to be barraged with bad news all the time and and even though we can't curate the news you can you can you can have your heavier stuff at one end of the bulletin and we are looking for the light and shade you're looking for the human interest stories we're looking for the stories about budgie fest as we talked about one of the episodes of the podcast recently you're looking for stuff that's a little bit quirky and and off kilter and and just looking to provide a bit of hope at the end of the day you know because people are turning off of the news and, and and deciding not to watch because they want to protect their mental health. And that probably brings me to a question for you, Christy. You know, what's what's going on in your own head sometimes when you're when you're negotiating the news cycle? It's a heavy cycle of oh, that sounds terrible. A heavy news uh, component that we've got going on right now, isn't it? There's a lot of really dark, dark stories. Well how do you manage that for yourself as a news professional? Oh, yeah, really good question, Carmen. And you're absolutely right there. It is it's a pretty dark news cycle at the moment. There's a lot going on in the world that, you know, is really affecting people really personally. And, and as a bystander, even watching Half a World Away, it's a lot to take. So, you know, there are a lot of discussions behind the scenes about, um, you know, not only caring for our people on the ground in places like Israel and Gaza, uh, but also our audiences at home and how they might be affected by what they're seeing and reading all the time because it is a lot and it's really, really confronting. Uh, we mm. haven't really had violence on a scale like this in quite some time. And, you know, there are a lot of innocent people caught up in this. So it's quite a different kind of world we're living in at the moment. Um, so, look, we do have those discussions every day about light and shade, about making sure we balance out news bulletins and the shows to, to just to, you know, keep everyone uh, reminded, I suppose, that there are still really good things happening in the world as well. And, um, you know, obviously you do want to educate yourself about the realities of what is going on, but also mm. just to, uh, for your mental health and for just your own well-being, just to realise too, though, that there are still really good things going on. So we do balance out all the shows. Uh, we do have the light stuff in there with the dark uh, and, you know, really try to look after our audiences that way. and. Uh, just keep, just keep balance, as you said. Balance is so important. It's, it's the kind of thing because, as as you both have said, you know, there has been a lot of negative news, and and also too, we we don't want to keep get getting bombarded with the negative news. But I mean, we've got to bring that news to yeah. light. I mean, the reality here is if that we don't raise it, if we don't put it forward, and I know that media gets criticised a lot. For, for, for bias and, and for its positioning of particular stories. But the reality here is if we don't highlight them, the, it, we don't bring it to reality. We don't bring it into people's homes because we kind of need to. These are very serious issues. They need to be addressed. So I, I, I'd love to hear from you, Chrissy, is that, you know, to what degree do we bring the stories to, to home what how much of this can we take and 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 to Carmen's point around news directors 
is there a is there a tipping point where we've got you know what we kind of need to throw in some fluffy stories some at least something to bring home a little bit a little bit hope i guess for for people that are watching and viewing Absolutely. And look, I mean, you'll notice when you sit down and you watch, you know, the six o'clock bulletin at night, the first break will be the hard stories of the day. It'll be, you know, the, the ones making headlines at the moment. It will be situated, you know, live from Gaza and, and things like that. Uh, and the local crime stories and, uh, you know, those kinds of the heavy stuff will be in the first break. Sometimes it will stretch into the second, depending on how much there is. But then when you move sort of into the third and the fourth breaks, the third breaks are, are often medical stories and, and, and things of that sort of nature moving into the fourth break you sport your weather and then you will have usually something really fluffy at the end uh, it might be you know that was an elephant's birthday at the zoo and they're eating frozen a watermelon cake or something of like that you know, that kind of thing <laughs> just so right at the end you think you know okay um, you, you get that light and shade so I guess mm. you know we do try to balance out the show so that it lets people know what they need to know what they want to know in terms of what's going on uh, in the world and also in within Australia, within their city, within their town. Um, and also, though, just that reminder at the end, though, too, that it's not all bad news, that there is that balance. We do talk very much about striking that balance. And, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, too, it's, it's a personal decision as to how much each person can take. Uh, so yeah. we try and strike that as best we can. And then, you know, we just hope that you know, people at home, if, if it's too much, if it's hitting too close to home for them a particular story, you know, they switch it off or they read something else, you know, they turn off the radio. It's, it's just all about, you know, being really aware that we do the best we can, but it, it is, it's hard. And you mm. guys that have that barometer, you, you know when your audience has had enough. You know your audience better than anyone because you can actually see the live numbers popping up and, and down, whether they're, they're tuning in or not. Um, we saw that during COVID. We knew that there was almost a renaissance for, for traditional mm -hmm. media to uh, radio, people listening in, uh, watching you guys going to press conferences with premiers all over the country. I mean, never have we ever watched press conferences in detail and in, in great length of time like we did during that time. And so we... we there was people that were going, you know what, I love what the journalists are doing, but then why do the journalists ask the same question 19 <laughs> times and they're almost a pain in the butt? They're all, they're, it, was, it was like, but I think, I think there was a reality check there for most people to realise going, being a journalist, it's a tough gig. If, the, if, if, a, if a tried hard politician doesn't want to give you the, the answer that we're looking for or the answer that, is is there they uh it, it takes a lot of for a journalist to get it out of them it really does and look COVID was really interesting times you know that was when we really saw those pre press conferences every single day and I think people sitting at home really saw us asking the same question over and over again most of the time because we were really frustrated that we weren't getting the answers we wanted and we knew the answers that we needed to get because people are also amazing at reaching out to us you know, from their living rooms, from their cars, wherever they're listening and watching and going, you know, why aren't you getting the answer to this? This is what we need to know. So then, of course, it's our job then to go and ask the people in power. You know, we're, we're acting on behalf of the people always and, and you know, we're human yeah. too. And I think um, journalists often get a bad rap for being, you know, at the forefront often and, and having to be, or having to look a little bit ruthless to get those answers sometimes. 
but you know, I think most of the journalists I've worked with, and certainly you know me myself, will always take a step back. Remember, I'm very human, and I'm always dealing with other people, and just try and do the job in a way that is as as ethical as possible. And you know, there there are more than one ways to to get the job done and still get the answers that you need. Yeah, it was really eye-opening, wasn't it? I mean, people in the pandemic were sitting at home going, there's a press conference at this time. We, you know, People <laughs> did, didn't normally do that. They would get their news from the bulletin or from the break into the program that the reporter came and did. You know, they weren't going, the Premier's going to talk at Rockingham Beach like it was happening over here in Perth. You know, people were so aware of the the, the inner workings of, of being a journo. So it surprised some people. Those, those tough questions that you would frame to people and how you had to get the questions out there. What else surprises people in your circle about the work that you do as a reporter? Oh, look, I think probably you know, in a similar vein to that, I guess some of the things that we have to do and, you know, I think one thing that journalists sort of, I would say, almost universally find really difficult is something that we call in the business, we call it a death knock. And it's mm. when something really tragic usually has happened, someone has died, and we need to follow up and try and, you know, get some sort of um, feedback, reaction, comment from the family involved. Mm. Most of us really, really hate doing this. And uh, it's, you know, if you realise that that's what your day is going to be, you pretty much want to be anywhere else when that's your fate. But, you know, mm. learning how to, to do things like that, the hard things that come with the job, but still maintain your integrity uh, and, you know, and remembering that you are human, you're dealing with people who are in incredible pain. And I think the hard, one of the hardest things about this job is you're either meeting people on the best day of their life where mm. they've just won Olympic gold, they've won taps, you know, something amazing has happened or the complete other end of the spectrum and they've just lost a loved one yeah and both times you know you need to go up to them and, and try and um you know you, the story is there and it's your job to get it in both circumstances so i think it's you know navigating that is really hard and i think a lot of people are, are quite surprised to learn you know how you go about it sometimes i think a lot of people just assume we just go up and knock on the door of someone who's just you know lost the love of their life or their kids or something like that and i'll, I'll always remember I think one day that the worst one I've ever had to do was, uh, and, and people will remember, this was a few years ago now, but um, beautiful Rosie Batty, when she lost her son, Luke, uh, who was killed yeah. by his dad and, and the worst possible circumstances. And mm. uh, I was first to arrive at work the next day and I was sent straight down to knock on her door. Now, this had happened uh, in the evening, the night before, and to knock on her door uh, the next morning was completely unfathomable to me. I just, all the mm. way down there, was just thinking, I don't think I can do my job today. Mm. Uh, but when I got there, I, I was the first person there and I just thought, how can I make this day, you know, uh, so that I'm not adding to her distress? But I knew that every media was going to be there. It was getting international attention as well, this story. Uh, so I thought, okay, uh, I can't knock on her door. I can't do this to this poor woman. I went to the neighbour, knocked on his door and just said, look, I quickly explained the situation, said there's about to be probably 30 media camped outside here within the next sort of 10 minutes uh, and they won't, they won't be allowed to leave. Um, can you help me? Can you just be a family liaison with Rosie? Can I deal with you instead? And, you know, can we do it that way and run the day like that? And he was amazing. He said, absolutely, I'm about to go make her a cup of tea. Uh, and wow. we did it, you know, like that. And uh, and that was a surprising day too, obviously, because mm -hmm. I certainly didn't expect it to pan out the way it did. But, you know, a few hours later, uh, Rosie walked out of her house, the most incredibly brave, courageous woman I think I've ever met. 
uh, and walked over to the car and said, you know, I'd, I'd like to talk to everyone. So, you know, you never know how a day is going to go, but you just have to sort of uh, remember first and foremost that you're dealing with people and there's a lot of emotion mm. involved a lot of the time in this job and just do the best you can. Well, well uh, Chrissy, done. I, I think, yeah, well done to you and so well handled and, and, and that doesn't surprise me the way that you did that was because I've known you now for the last eight years doing the exact same thing at Meet the Media, sharing the kind of intel and conversations. And we sometimes forget that journalists are humans as well. And But at Meet the Media, when you come out of a Meet the Media, the last thing they go, gee, they're nice, aren't they're they? They're all nice. We get your vultures a lot in the street, Nick. Oh, your vultures. <laughs> yeah, but, but, you know. You but, do, but. but, 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 but yeah. <laughs> But you know, people watch the stories, yeah. don't they? Like when this is the thing I think we need oh, to they remember. Do. And yeah, they yeah do. look, to be yeah. honest, Christy, I, I always dreamed I had Lois Lane kind of ideation going on as a kid and thought I wanted to be a, a reporter like you. And I remember that being the thing that I thought, well, oh, I don't think I can actually do that. I, I don't think I have the, the stomach to do that. And it's one of the reasons I didn't kind of go for it, right? Because you know, you have to work really hard and be very competitive to get the gig. But one thing I was always, always able to say in spite of that is that we need people like you. We need the journalists who are prepared to knock on the door because the story must be told. You know, that's family violence of its absolute worst kind. And if we don't tell the story, we're not going to make a change. We're not going to address these really deep seated issues in Australian society and, and if not you know the world so the story matters and it is the thing that people are tuning into it's not it's not what do people call it these days like tragedy porn or trauma porn it's not that yeah it is yeah it's it's giving voice to Rosie Batty to say this is where I was failed and we've got to celebrate her as the hero who's saying I'm going to share yeah. my awful experience so that and look at what she's gone on to do you know, so without the media and without that knock at the door or the clever way of finding a way to get a family liaison involved, I think we hats off to the journos who are prepared to do it because we need to hear those stories. Certainly do. Your domestic violence is a terrible example of something that we do really need to stay across in the media because it just seems to be more and more prevalent all the time. Uh, so, look, yeah, it, it is often a really hard day on the job, but I, I do believe, you know, most journos are in it for the right reasons. We're in there because we do believe the stories do need to be told. Uh, it's just about, you know, remembering your own heart and your own integrity when, you, when you're going and, and working out a way to best tell them that sort of protects the people who are affected the most, the most vulnerable victims in there. Christy, why did you get into journalism? Well, I sort of, you know, I had a bit of an, I did a law degree, but then I was at uni one day and uh, I was listening to some guest speakers and it was a Channel 9 journo and it was a, the news director of Network 10. It was just after September 11. And they were sort of talking about the day that they they sort of would have, you know, that how they'd wake up in the morning and they'd never know what their day was going to be like. And the news director of, of Network 10 was talking about when Sandra Sully was on air, when the, the planes hit the Twin Towers and just what it was like behind the scenes that night yeah. uh, in the control room, how, you know, they didn't understand the pictures that they were seeing of planes hitting the towers. They didn't know what they were dealing with. They didn't understand at that point it was if it was terrorism or a terrible accident. And I just sort of, I was very drawn to... I guess that the sort of the idea of waking up in the morning and not knowing how my day was going to pan out. And then when I thought more about it, I, I sort of, I was becoming frustrated with my law degree. Just, it seemed to be an education in how to get criminals 
off, I suppose, like how to uh, dodge mm-hmm. the system in many ways and avoid justice mm. in many cases. And I was really frustrated by that. And I, I just looked at media as a way perhaps to help people and help society and get much quicker results. And uh, certainly for me, I've been very lucky and I've had, uh, I've enjoyed sort of various platforms across current affairs and news and, and now a bit of Weekend Sunrise as well, where I can sort of tell some stories. And if someone is being, um, if, you know, experiencing a injustice of some sort, often in the media, we can get results overnight, which is really, really satisfying, certainly much more than going through the courts, which can sometimes take, you know, 10 years. Yeah, Amazing. Amazing. It's it's and it's and it's sort of from one one platform to another to to get better results. And it's amazing as a as a as a lawyer, you were training to be a lawyer that you saw media as being the fastest way to get a reaction. I think that that's just brilliant because um, getting criminal lawyers off, um, I, I, I never really thought of it like that for the law society, <laughs> the law system. There, that mm. um, half of them are being trained as criminal lawyers to to get it, but. I'm a still a strong believer everyone needs good representation. <laughs> they um, do. And, look, some of my very good friends are lawyers now, so I'm certainly not trying to, <laughs> to put a black smear on their profession. Uh, no, there's a lot of lawyers lawyer. that listen to the Experts podcast, I can assure you. <laughs> and, uh, and one of them, actually, I'll, I'll bring up um, Alex from Taurus Lawyers, who, who Taurus um, has been a, an avid uh, sort of contributor or a, a, attendee to meet the media. And you struck, struck up a, a, a bit of a an expert journalist relationship there. And he seems to be a bit of the go-to for Channel 7 in Melbourne. I was just thinking of Alex actually when I said that because he always answers the phone. Whenever I call him, usually at a very unfriendly hour or on a Friday afternoon when most people are out having, you know, a lifelong lunch, I'll call him and go, you know, can I catch up with you in the next, you know, 20 minutes or some impossible deadline to talk about this particular story? Uh, Yeah, look, he's great. He sort of ticks all the boxes uh, for us. Uh, always really readily available. He knows a lot about a lot of different areas of law, which is really good. And he explains them in a really easy way. I mean, law is one of those professions like medicine and, you know, that it can be very technical and it can be really hard to break down. But uh, for, uh, you know, our job as broadcasters is to break it down so that everyone can understand without needing, you know, 10 years of education. Mm. And he does it really, really well. So uh, he has definitely been a a great go-to for us. Yeah, yeah I'm not I love surprised. that, and, and and it's a good, it's a good call out for all in the professional services or in any expertise that you have, um, to make yourself known, to make yourself uh, present, to talk and do the the very things make it very easy to understand and to to communicate that way because I think that's the that's the big thing that we uh, we do miss in the media is is that we don't have a, enough voices or enough expertise or enough different varying opinions running around and it seems to be done by the ones that have and got their eye on the ball i think more is it is a call out to everyone in professional services there to make yourself known to media because media like yourself christy we're looking for those we're looking for that to add to the story to tell back to the audience this is the story but this is professional expertise around it and this is how it's all played out. Absolutely. You know, there are things happening every day uh, in all di- across all different professions. We need experts in every field uh, and we need them all the time. So, you know, our, our job is a broadcaster. We're really there to connect the experts with the audience to explain what, you know, what's happening. 
uh, we can understand things at a basic level, but we do need, you know, experts to help us understand more deeply and, and convey the, the salient points. So uh, there really is opportunity for anyone who is interested in any field to get involved in the media. Uh, you know, our job as well, particularly as we move, as I mentioned before, to more of a 24-hour news cycle is to really get a broad range of opinions out there too. There's more opportunity mm. for that now. Uh, so it's really nice. One thing we are doing it on four o'clock news a lot at seven at the moment is, you know, we're getting people on for more of a chat, more of a Q&A so we can delve into topics a little bit more and, um, and go back and ask follow-up questions and really better understand what's going on, get more expert opinions on the news of the day. And that's a really good opportunity for any experts too who would like to get involved, you know, to come on and just kind of break things down a little bit more rather than just to grab in a, a six o'clock package to sit and actually have a chat for a few minutes with the host and really kind of delve a bit deeper. Oh, that's awesome value to that expert who gives their time up, isn't it? You know, that opportunity to be on TV for maybe two, three minutes. And and it's a little bit easier, I would argue, if you're the interviewee, to be able to give those slightly longer form answers too and not trying to bring everything down to a seven-second grab. So that's a very cool opportunity to keep in mind. Can you think of a time, Christy, when you've known you need a certain kind of expert and you've had trouble finding one? Like any subject matter come to mind where there's a bit of a need recently or in the past? I know it's a tough question without That's a good notice, question. isn't it? Uh, look, do you know what? I think purely because I've been doing this for so long, I've sort of, I have been very lucky to meet people in almost every field. So I have a pretty good little black book now of, of people, you know, right across the board who, I've been lucky enough to work with so much that, you know, if they are free, they'll definitely give their time and, and help me out if I need them. Um, but look, I would say, though, to sort of, I guess, answer your question there, Carmen, anyone in emerging fields, you know, that, I mean, we're starting to see a lot more tech stories. Tech is moving yeah. really, really quickly. We can't mm-hmm. possibly stay across the latest in that. Uh, so any sort, you know, AI has been kind of a hot topic lately mm. uh, where we're headed, you know, in that sort of space. If you're working in any of these kinds of fields that are sort of new and emerging or constantly changing, mm-hmm. you know, I think uh, they'd, they'd probably be people they'd be looking to sort of get to know in the future because I haven't really had to in the past. So probably that space, I would say, is where I've got my eye on next. Great. I think I think also too, professional services is, is the area that we – um, we struggle with a little bit to, to actually bring to light because uh, obviously very busy um, time time and also to media to them is a little scary. They can handle being a lawyer. They can handle numbers if you're an accountant. They can handle all of the, the things that are in their industry, but they seem to have a little bit of a problem with media because it's the unknown and also the uncontrollables that are there. Christy, how do you tell a professional, look, Take it easy. Calm down. You are the expert. You are the commentator. We just want, we just need your expertise on this little matter. And uh, we're not here to throw you under the bus. <laughs> Absolutely. Look, I think, I think every interview I ever do with someone that I haven't met before, my first question to them will always be, have you done this before? Because I know if you haven't, it's terrifying. The minute we turn the light on and they see the big black camera, I think, you know, people's instinct is to run the opposite direction and never come back. Um, so, look, that's always my first question. I think the big thing for experts to remember is you can overcome your fear of, of those kinds of things, the lights and the camera in your face, uh, and, you know, just get comfortable in that kind of atmosphere, just do a bit of media training, first of all. And, you know, mm. it's amazing how much that helps, just spending even a day in front of a camera, 
getting used to answering questions, having the camera there and your peripheral vision with the lights on you, you know, a bit of practice and, and those nerves will definitely go away. Uh, but also, if we are interviewing you in your expert capacity, we're not going to be asking you questions about things you don't know the answers to. We don't know Absolutely. the answers to it. Um, we're there genuinely to get your thoughts, to get your expert opinion. There'll be no curly questions. It will be things you can definitely handle. So it's really just a matter, I guess, of swallowing the nerves, just giving it a go. And, you know, as with all things, it gets better every time you do it. It gets a bit easier. Yeah, and well, Christy, well done, you don't Christy get mad Mav, if someone you're... says, I don't know, do you? If someone sort of says, oh, I think that's outside no, of my no. realm, oh, you my don't goodness. mind. Yeah, thank you for do confirming you, that. Do you know, I remember my... <laughs> No, I remember my very first live cross like it was yesterday, Carmen. I was standing in the middle of uh, the intersection, in the middle of Melbourne, uh, right over the Yarra there. I was on a box because I wasn't tall enough. It was peak hour traffic in the morning and there were a bunch of protesters up the art spire and I was doing live crosses into sunrise and I, on, I was so terrified because I'd never done it before. I thought I was going to fall off that box and get run over by traffic. Mm. So I, I remember the heart palpitations, the feeling of, you know, that I was going to faint, I was going to humiliate myself on live television. I've never forgotten that feeling. I completely <laughs> understand anyone who's feeling that way when I meet them on the job uh, and I'll do anything possible to, to put your mind at ease. Don't worry. Good, good. There is 900 listeners. There's 900 experts listening to this going, so it's not just me that gets that <laughs> nervous and gets that oh upset because I'm about to go live to air and mm. you know that they'll be pleased to hear that they'll be absolutely rapt to hear it that it's not just you it's me it's also it's everyone it's affected it's you know public speaking I think is the number one fear for most people mm. isn't it around the world so it's a common human condition uh but one that can be overcome so yeah absolutely with some practice um, put some, put some, put put it into action, everyone. Get make mm. sure you get out there and do it. Well, Christy, a real pleasure to have you on the on the Experts Podcast. Um, you will and always will be a ongoing member of Meet the Media. Um, we love having you there. And again, the point I, I raised at the very beginning is because everyone loves you. They think that you um, you deliver with such authority, you give great feedback and advice, and sometimes people just need to hear it, that it's probably media might not be the game for you. But my biggest fear is for those that media is a great opportunity for them, but they're missing out because they fear the things that aren't really fear fearful, that you don't need to be fearful of them is because it's not hard. It's just a little bit more time, energy, a bit more of you. If you throw it in, you'll actually become very good at it. There you go. It was bad media me just hitting my microphone. But <laughs> you, you, you get better at it. You get better at it. You do. And uh, the more you mm -hmm. practice, the, the better you will be. Absolutely. Don't let fear hold you back. And, uh, guys, it's always such an honour working with you. I've loved every Meet the Media I've been to, hence why I, I keep coming back when you invite me. So I'll, uh, I will keep coming back every time you do extend the invitation. It's always great to meet experts, as I said, uh, at the most recent one. Just doing fascinating things. I uh, always walk away with so many stories to tell. It's just it's, it's a really great day. It's a great event. So thank you for having me. Wonderful. Thank you, Christy. And Christy, if people want to get in contact with you, what's the best way to do it? Uh, do you know what? I'm saying email at the moment. You can do LinkedIn. You can do email. Uh, flick me a text if you do have my number. You can reach out on uh, X, formerly known as Twitter. 
Uh, <laughs> um, contactable a few different ways. Oh, of course, you know, they can get in touch with you, Nick, and if, if you think they have a story that I'd be interested in uh, or come and, you know, flick it over mm. to me as well. You're a legend. Thank Lovely. you, Christy Mayer. Uh, one, of, one of the great ones, Carmen. Yep. I, I adore Christy. And uh, like I said, we'll always have a seat at Meet the Media. <laughs> and I'll Thank be you there guys. tapping away it's doing my notes. my absolute pleasure to work with you both. Well done. Yeah, and, and watch <laughs> out for, for Carm's doing the notes, Christy. <laughs> watch out for Carm. She, she takes note of everything. Oh, uh, well, what, what a great <laughs> oh, little... Uh... What, what have you been saying? <laughs> what a great oh, no, way to finish to the podcast. Those notes one day, Carmen. <laughs> <laughs> great way to finish the podcast, guys. And thank you, Christy, for your time. And um, uh, Carm's look forward to having back your company when we get to chat to mm-hmm. another media and another expert next week. Have a great week. Ta-da. Ta-da. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to The Experts Podcast, powered by Media Stable. If you'd like to get in contact with the team, head to mediastable.com.au.